What's going on, y'all? It's your boy TJ. I'm Lish. Welcome back to Cuffed and Courted. We are on episode three. I'm going to open this up in prayer. Hey, Lord, thank you so much for this platform and this opportunity to share. We invite you into this space. Help us to honor one another. Let our listeners be blessed. And we are so grateful for our supporters. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so last time we talked about getting into a relationship, but we were more so talking about (laughs) the supernatural aspect of the relationship. So all about like trusting God, but you know, people always say trust God, but nobody ever gives you the practical ways on how to Mm. apply that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we want to, we want to talk in the natural for this episode so you can get those tools and then apply the super to it. Super natural. You gotta, you gotta put something on super. So I know last time we said we were going to talk about like chaperones and curfews, but y'all, this is a process. We got to get you cuffed in a relationship and then court it. So let's let's talk about those relationships and how to get you in there because you know we heard that the dating pool was filled with urine. And uh it's giving dehydrated urine. So what do we do about that? Why is there urine in the dating pool? Um we last left off on like don't be picky. We wanna circle back. We wanna change that to don't be be selective. Don't be picky. Is that right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Be selective. Don't be picky. Okay? So, like, it's okay to have your preferences, but don't miss your blessing because you're picky. Because you never know who God is going to send your way. And, again, back to that 5-5 man. (sighs) I mean, it it all lines up in the bedroom. Once you're married, yes, it does. So, (laughs) you know... Your your married man could be five four, if that's who Jesus sent you, Amen. It's gonna work out, and I think it goes more in deeper than just like height. Like we as women have an entire list of oh he has to be this and he has to be that and he has to be this. Height does his beard connect? What <laughs> complexion is his skin? How much money does he make? What kind of car he drives? You know how y'all be feeling when when men have or prefer certain body types. crickets Mm, mm -hmm. which i know y'all gonna say oh men already prefer certain body types which is true but i think men understand the definition of a preference because men aren't that picky they may have a preference but they gonna talk the discrimination will go out the window if you give them the time of day it sure does even if you don't give them the time of day the discrimination goes out the window but we're gonna leave that there (laughs) um (laughs) But it's okay to have a list, but like you said, like it needs to be preferences, not he got to have everything on this list or we can't talk at all. I would say just don't have blinders on your list or have Mm. tunnel vision because again, like nobody is going to check off everything on your list. And even if they do check off everything, they're not going to meet the requirements of it. It's like, it's one thing for them to check it off. But if you go into detail, you're going to realize, oh, something's missing or it doesn't show up in the way I thought it would. Or you're not going to have something on your list and he's going to have that quality. And then you're going to wish that you had it on your list. But it might just, listen, all things work together for good. There is only one person or one being that's going to check all your boxes. Mm, Come on. And that is the Lord. So start there, honestly. Actually, start there. 
start there because uh <laughs> and, and stay there <laughs> we actually just talked about this in the uh, marriage group that we're in like your mm. deepest needs is not going to be met by your spouse your significant other or any one person your deepest your needs is going to come from the lord and that's going to be your provider so that's a good segue because last summer that's something i really focused on um, is making sure that I went to God with all my problems, complaints, minor inconveniences before I went to my man and my therapist. Cause I definitely came to him with all my complaints, minor inconveniences, major inconveniences, and that's okay. But a lot of times when I went to God about it first, by the time I got around to talking to him about it, or we were finally on the phone or something like that, a lot of times God had already started working things out for my good um and then it was just kind of like this is what happened to me but also this is how god worked it out worked it out before you could even tell another soul that's why he wants you to come to him first for his uh for your problems seek ye first the kingdom that one too but oh Mm. Y'all, this is one of my favorite verses. Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. God is already aware of what we're worried about. He already knows about what's in the dating pool. Just go with God. Stay with God. The man will find you. I, I would take it a step further. Don't don't go with God. Have God go before you. Ooh. <laughs> that's a bible verse too hold that, on that is a bible verse and i promise you when you ask god to go before me and work it out before i even get there before i even step foot like you just gonna walk into that place knowing the joy and peace of the lord mm. deuteronomy 31 8 we back to back with them today do not be afraid or discouraged for the lord will personally go ahead of you he will be with you. You will neither fail nor abandon you. He will neither. Mm. Deuteronomy 31, 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you or abandon you. Amen. Mm. All right. So, you know, first step in being in a good relationship is seeking God first. Um, but where do you think people go wrong in relationships or like why do you think there's so much trouble or I got contention for people starting relationships? I got two things. Unrealistic expectations and not being able to hold themselves accountable. Ooh, women do run from accountability. Ooh, and we talked about that yesterday too. <laughs> um, but a lot of times it's like, oh, he didn't call me. And then I found out that he was busy, but he could have called. Okay, but what happens when we're busy? Do we call? Do we text? Do we hit them with the, hey, I have a really busy day at work. I'm going to have to hit you up when I leave. I'll call you when I'm leaving. Like, do we offer them the same level of grace that we expect from from them? Do we also, you know, have the same level of flexibility with them that we want them to have with us? Um, so that's what I mean by lack of accountability. The unrealistic expectations, we, we jump in the gun on our list, but that's, that's the plan house. We want him to pay for our nail. Y'all want him to pay for your nails, your hair, the clothes. 
just random stuff just because who said that yo man boyfriend boo thing side hustle side piece whatever had to do all that that's not an obligation that's an unrealistic expectation it's not even so much I'm going to get back to the expectations, but it's not even so much that when you talk to a lot of women out here, it's like, oh, I don't cook for him or I'm not cleaning for him or like, oh, I don't do his laundry. Like anything that like sounds domestic, it's like, oh, no, that's wifey duties. Please, please upgrade and put a ring on it. But expecting Mm -hmm. him to pay your bills or your nails, like you're expecting him to pay all those things that that's husband duties. So what do you do about that? Like, you don't want to play wife, but you're expecting him to play husband. Which, I mean, to be kingdom dating in God's eyes, y'all really shouldn't be living together anyway. So I don't know why he paying your bills if he doesn't live there. Mm. Mm. There's a lot of other wife duties that are happening outside of a marriage that we're already... People are already playing house. And I think that a lot of times because the Bible is very straightforward about what is and is not the will of God for our lives. Um, we like want to skip around and follow the parts that we like, not follow the parts that we don't like, and then expect to have the result that the Bible says we're going to get. But the Bible has contingencies. So... You're not going to get wealth and riches if you don't work and vice versa. And then back to the expectations, I feel as though people, people enter into relationships uh, expecting certain things or expecting certain things within themselves to be fulfilled Mm. or healed. And it's like when you start at that level of playing field like you're just setting yourself up to be disappointed because this person doesn't know anything about your background or about like all the things you've been through so now you're expecting them to fill a void that they had no part in creating and they don't even know that they're filling this void mm. I'll let that one marinate for a minute because <laughs> you're preaching I might be a pastor on the low First Corinthians 12 <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Shepherd. Um, but yeah, it's just like we get into, oh, like this person needs to do this for me or they need to do that for me. Like, how about y'all start with hello? From the other side. <laughs> Sorry, we was singing that before. <laughs> um, no, but like really like start as friends, like don't have like expectations of this person. Oh, you're my significant other. You're supposed to do this, this and this for me. Like, yes, there are certain things they probably should. But like you got to grow to that level. Yeah, we start with us supposed to. We open a situationship with us supposed to. Where did we get that from? So I think that unrealistic expectations is really veering us off the course of healthy relationships whether kingdom dating or not like just healthy relationships should not come with a level of entitlement that has not been earned i would say yeah and so like that's like we like when you get into a relationship you think that you think 
that person's time should be fully devoted to you. Like you are deserving of all their time. And it's just like they had a life before they met you. They had a family before they met you. Like, yes, they should carve out and dedicate time to you, but it shouldn't be all their time. So if they haven't texted you back fast enough, why are you upset about that? If they posted on social media first before they texted you, well, I had that in my mind to post before I got back to your text. Doesn't mean I don't care about you or that social media was more important. It's like that what was on my to-do list first or the agenda first or before I lost a thought. And sometimes you just don't have the capacity to have the type of conversation that the other person is looking for and vice versa, which is okay. Like, we all go to social media to decompress, be entertained. But if you're trying to have a serious conversation and maybe he just got home from work, maybe he's had a long day, maybe he's responding to some other people who also deserve his time and attention. Um, but we kind of assign a lot of blame before we ask questions. And sometimes you don't have to ask questions. Sometimes you just got to let it play out because we say actions speak louder than words, but we're looking at one action and then being like, oh, he don't care about me because he on he on Twitter, but he not texting me back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, let's let's look at all of the things that he does and maybe doesn't do before we assign. Oh, he doesn't care about me. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Um, I think social, just social media in general plays a big role in like failing relationships. I think social media gives everyone unrealistic expectations on everything. And then they bring those into the relationships. Um, but reels aren't real. And so people get on social media and they have this facade or this persona and you, and this person or character that they live up to but like if you get to know them you're like that's not the real you or why am I comparing myself to you because it seems like you have this this and this reels aren't real is that the episode title (laughs) (laughs) reels aren't real y'all okay so to the social media point what do you think that we did differently? Because I think that social media played a very big role in the success of our relationship. So like, how can people use social media to their benefit and not their detriment? I don't know what we did differently. Oh, I have I, an answer. I know <laughs> that I never took social media seriously. Uh, and the older I get, the more it's just like, I'm just posting my picture and go. Y'all, he don't post with a. He just started posting with a caption, like two months ago. It depends on the picture, honestly. <laughs> um, did we already talk about me fasting from social media? Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think that that was something that I was incorporating God into before I even realized that God was orchestrating a relationship, and so it really does have to be bringing God into everything. Which goes back to asking God to go before you. Because when we have God going before us, that means we are following Christ. And so by default, everything is set up to pass or be successful. So find a way to incorporate God into whatever your preference is of everything. And just also like 
understanding that like not everything on social media I mean media is in social media and we all know the media can be skewed it can be forced mm. to look one way or another so when you are looking at social media like you just got to sometimes look at it at its face value like this this isn't legit this isn't what it is or there's more than what this seems there's always more than what it seems we looking at vacation reels reels aren't real we're looking at vacation reels like oh we're supposed to go out and we're supposed to do this and we're supposed to do that and I think we really have lost the value of every relationship is different and that's the beauty of it so it's like to say that this relationship failed likely is because you're trying to copy what someone else is doing and their plan is built to work for them our plan is built to work for us so your plan is built to work for you. But all plans need Jesus. All plans need God. All plans need prayer. Absolutely. Um, I think another thing that, uh, I think the biggest thing for failed relationships, and this is relationship anywhere, is not just lack of communication, but lack of conflict resolution and knowing good conflict resolution. Um, and be grateful for a partner that will grow with you <laughs> while you work on that. <laughs> and like, I see some of the things that some couples fight about and I'm like, why are you fighting about this? You don't live together. You don't have any kids together. You don't have any money together. Like what is there to fight about? Mm. I mean, there's a lot to fight about, but not like some of these like big life decisions, playing house that people be playing, be arguing about. Mm. Step one, stop playing house. Step two, go with God. Go behind God. Have God go before you. That should be step God. one. <laughs> <laughs> step two is stop playing house. But step three, like, don't don't right. fight over the little things. If you can look ahead and be like, this won't matter a month from now, three months from now, a year from Tomorrow. now. Tomorrow. Don't fight about it. But then also learn, like, good conflict resolution. I think... Oh, go ahead. I think that there's a big difference between compromising and settling. And we, especially as women, have gotten so indoctrinated into don't settle, don't settle, don't settle, that we don't know how to compromise. And so when it a lot of these arguments are because one person wants things to go the way they want it to go. And the other person wants it to go the way they want it to go. And instead of finding a way to compromise and come to an agreement that we both like, that we both can work with, that we both can live with, it's giving my way or the highway. But how do you reach a compromise? You got to figure out what matters and what doesn't. What are, what are your non-negotiables and are these non-negotiables because it's associated with your values or are these non-negotiables because it's associated with your preference because preference means preference this is what I would like to have but I'm okay if I don't get that but values if he's dishonest that's one thing if you don't like the way he dresses that's different maybe buy him a nice shirt so um, I would say it's it comes down to 
actually putting your listening ears on. And I know y'all heard the phrase like listen to understand and not to respond, respond or because a lot of times when we fight, we fight with the intentions to win or to get our way. Right. Mm. Um, so you got to know how to uh, fight the good fight, which is what we learned in premarital classes. We learned so much. So also, much. major plug for premarital counseling. Um, something doesn't have to be wrong to do that is really to prevent or to know how to deal with things when they are going wrong and how to keep the peace, how to compromise. And so fir- first things first is understanding that not all conflict is bad. Um, conflict is a, it, Conflict is a disagreement, not necessarily an argument. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning that one. Um, I am still learning so, that one. So, <laughs> like, don't run from strife. Don't bottle things up because when you bottle things up, what happens when you run out of room? Um, and then choose your battles carefully. Like, just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean it has to be a fight. Like, not every fight needs to be fought. Sometimes you can concede. Sometimes you can concede. Mm. Um, define the issue clearly, um, which goes back to learning how to communicate. I think in our marriage group, it was, was it, were they talking about, oh, he should know what's wrong or if he doesn't know what's wrong, he doesn't love me. How will they know? Contrary to popular belief, we are not mind readers. Men will take what you say as face value. If this is what you say the problem is, this is what we think the problem is. If the problem is something else, tell us it's something else. Define your issues clearly. (laughs) If you're not fine, don't say I'm fine. All right, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) Ladies in the room, I know. Take a minute. Take a breather. (laughs) Same. Um, I think that to kind of go off of that, if you're not fine, don't say you're fine. Something that really helped me to kind of stop. What's wrong? Nothing. You sure? I'm fine. No, you're not. What's wrong? Get to the point. Um, Was to recognize that like this is my person so you have to find a level there has to be a level of comfort vulnerability trust and transparency that allows you to be okay with unpacking whatever is wrong with your person this not a random person off the street that asked you was wrong because it's definitely given i'm fine this is not the cashier at the store asking you what's wrong this is your person. If this is the person you would like to play house with in the future when the time is right, then you really have to change the mindset and the perspective to I trust you enough to recognize and respect my feelings, but also offer something of value and like comfort in whatever it is that's bothering me, regardless of how big, how small. Now, if you think your man is going to belittle you or make you feel bad, um, is that your man? Well, he could still be your man. Um, I feel like sometimes people belittle or make you feel bad and not necessarily recognize that that's what they're doing. That's just how they learn to fight. So if you Valid. if you are belittled or do feel bad, then don't hesitate to say, hey. That's belittling or that that hurt my feelings or that made me feel bad. Mm. 
Touche. And then Touché. if there's no resolution after that, then that ain't your man. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Conflict resolution. Um, we actually had a similar experience a few weeks ago. We were on the phone. I was at the store and he said something and I was like, And it took me a minute to like process, get it together. And then I came back and I was just like, that hurt my feelings, but that's fair. And his response really like settled it for me. He was like, I'm sorry. It wasn't my intention to hurt your feelings. Period. It wasn't a lot of, okay, but, but you should have, but you know, I'm right. Nope. And he was right. It's just the way he said it hurt my feelings, but I'm sensitive and that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> y'all i don't know what we were talking about but so i do know <laughs> i i don't remember what we were talking about but i do remember my exact words in that scenario and it was you do it all the time yeah but what we were talking about was a sensitive topic for me at the time so right but he was you, calling me out you can't call me out for doing something that you also do but and i feel like the situation had nothing to even do about us it was just like Oh, I might go to work and say this, this, and this. And it's like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, but you do it all the time. It was one of those type of situations. Yeah. But being able to verbalize, articulate, communicate that allowed us to just keep going past it instead of harping over it. If I had never said anything, that's also opening the door for him to respond like that again because he does not know that talking like that hurt my feelings even though he was right. And I have behavior modification since. And then. that is also a good point as to why I bring it up that that hurt me because my phrase was seemingly innocuous. It was, mm-hmm. you do the same thing. So like, if you don't express that that hurt my feelings, they will never know like what they did wrong because they're not aware that they did anything wrong. And then you're mad that they do it all the time, but you've never said anything about it the first time or the second time or the third time so now when they've done it 500 times you're like what do you say um what happens when you bottle it all in how come you always and and you don't never listen whoa whoa how did we get here now as we are trying to remember this story i think it probably was more so the delivery of you do it all the time because I said it with a swiftness mm-hmm. and usually and when, it caught me <laughs> so and usually when I want to address something <laughs> of no you do this too it's usually a joke of do you want to be the pot or the kettle so you also have to know your partner like how do they respond to being held accountable you got to be gentle with me and 99.9% of the time he is but now he knows, okay, that doesn't necessarily fall in the gentleness category. Got it, got it, got it. Acknowledge it. Apologize. Move on. Right, because to everybody else, that was gentle. <laughs> I'm sensitive. Honestly, honestly <laughs> to everybody else, it would have been a completely different choice of words. But... That's why every relationship is different Mm -hmm. because you got to know what works with your partner. What works with your coworker doesn't work with your partner and what works in our relationship 
you might not need to be that gentle with your partner. You might need to be more gentle with your partner. Or so I know sometimes I might say something or I'd be like, oh, I'm going to tell this person X, Y, Z. And she'll be like, you got to be nice. And I'm like, that was me putting it nicely. (laughs) So it's just like, you know, just knowing who you're speaking to. And then again, every relationship is different because um, like I have a good uh, friends who are married now. And like, you know, like part of their um, interactions with each other is like throwing insults, (sighs) you know, giving each other the finger while they're on the dance floor at their wedding. And I be in the room like, (laughs) oh, my God, why are you so mean to him? And I'm just sitting there laughing because I know that's how they are. But I'm like, I know me and her can't do that because Mm -hmm. she'll just be on the floor like melting. Like, why would you ever do that? Oh, my God. He hates me. Listen, cry the drop of a hat. Anyways. But I will say that, you know, so, I mean, we'll get into like conflict resolution more as we uh, get into this podcast because, you know, we're trying to be in this for the long run. So we got to like. (laughs) Episode. <laughs> we we gotta like um sort of limit the things we talk about per episode but i will say that if it's good it's good yeah but i want it to be good in one season we have a whole life of life to live and talk about yeah but we don't want to be boring you're right <laughs> <laughs> i will say so this might be a poor analogy but imagine you're at your job and you do everything perfectly well. Or, and you just make it to the top because you know how to do every job. Like you came in the door knowing how to do every job. There's nowhere else left for you to go. So you're just stuck there, right? So what I'm trying to say is conflict is better for your marriage because conflict is where you grow. So if you always get it right, then there's nowhere else for you to move. So when you get things wrong, then you can learn and like grow in that, right? Um, I remember there are certain things that I still remember that helps me with my job today because I got it wrong on a test. So the question is, Mm. I remember um, the medication Bactrim is not for pregnant women because I got that wrong on a test. Which is why, if you're one of my students, this is why I be trying to give y'all a zero. This is why (laughs) I be trying to take off points because I would rather you learn it now while you're in school than to get into practice and cause patient harm. And the same thing goes with a relationship, like learn how to get it wrong and then get it right while you're dating and be, be dedicated enough to stick it out long enough to learn how to get it right. So that when you do get married, you do know how to resolve conflict. You do know how to communicate. You do know how to navigate with your partner different from how you navigate with other, Hey boy, how you navigate with other people. Um, because you're going to have to learn it at one point or another. And I feel like it's probably easier to learn it now than to have a rocky marriage mm-hmm. and figure it out then. Um, yeah, definitely learn it now, especially if you are courting and you are on like, this is the person you see yourself spending the rest of your life with. If this is the person you want to marry, um, because 
how does the saying go? The enemy will destroy an infancy what he doesn't want to deal with in maturity. Mm. Thank you, so, Pastor Stephen. Yes. So mm. I hope that was a direct quote. I tried to pull it from memory. But the bottom line is the devil would rather destroy it while it's young than wait for it to mature and get older. Because, because he now also there's knows, a problem. He also knows how much power there's going to be if it gets to maturity. He also knows how much of an impact, like the impact that we're going to have in our marriage, in our church, in our schools is clearly going to be quite large considering the enemy's tactics in said infancy. Oof. It better be quite large since all eyes are on us. Oh, <laughs> I thought he meant y'all. No, I meant these invisible people I, at the mm, church. I got, mm, mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm with you. I'm right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But speaking of that, like even before like you get married, you're in a relationship. What should a man bring to the table? Oh, I was just posing a question, but I can answer oh. it. Uh, I think. I the, oh, um, safety mm-hmm. and not necessarily like. Oh, he would take a bullet for me. Like at some point, yes, I thoroughly expect that. Don't say it. <laughs> I thoroughly expect um, that. But safety in the sense of emotional safety, um, physical safety, like if we're together, mental safety, like I don't, I fully expect a man to bring peace in the sense of I don't have to worry about my feelings are constantly being hurt and he's constantly putting me down and there's verbal abuse all the time. Physical abuse, the lack of physical abuse is safety. So that's number one. Um, Number two, which I don't know if this is, this isn't just for a man, but consistency. Um, If he's in and out sometimes and sometimes not, that ain't your man. That's a man, but that ain't your man. If he's that is a man who can grow. Mhm. Mhm. We can, we got to stop we we got to stop xing people out before we give them a chance to grow. But mind the red flags and right run like we got to. Both both points are valid. <laughs> um we do have to give people the space and the grace to grow and mature, but as a woman if your intuition is telling you that this is a level of inconsistency that does not align with the type of relationship that you you would like to have, you deserve to have. Um, but like I said, that goes both ways. So both parties need to bring consistency to the table. And consistency doesn't always mean we text each other every single morning, good morning. Like that's child's play. Um, consistency is if he says he's going to do something, does he do it? If he says that he's going to be somewhere, is he there? If he's consistency is consistency but also mind the red flags and give people the space and grace to grow um you know i i think what a man should bring to the table y'all know the basic provide and protect like that is what man was designed to do that is uh biblical somewhere in one of the books um and i think you touched on it without realizing you're touching on it like you want safety. him to provide that security provide that safety protect your feelings and your mm. emotional well-being so not just okay i'm providing for my family but i'm also 
Um, I'm also building them up to where they need to be in life to be good citizens. And I'm also leading them on the right path that they should go. But also I'm leading them towards God. Mm. That's definitely another episode, which we will talk about (laughs) one day. Um, (laughs) I will also say that um, when you talk about provide and protect, it's also like, okay, I have to provide for my family. I have to provide for their well-being. It's my job to take care of them. And sometimes I think what gets lumped into that is the fix-it thing. Um, so just understand men are fixers. Like if there's a problem, they're going to want to get to the root cause of it because they want to protect you from what you're feeling and they're going to want to fix it. So don't always be mad if they are, uh, Oh, like they didn't validate your feelings. They just went straight to fixing it. Like again, grace and mercy, but also just, just say what you want. Like, Hey, I'm not looking for a fix. I just want you to listen. I'm not looking for a fix. I'm just venting. Provide and protect. But also, if he's a great problem solver, let him problem solve. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will listen to you first, but. Bonus points for me, because my man got both. <laughs> um. Okay, so what should a woman bring to the table? What should a woman bring to the table? I think a woman should bring. So I'm going to lump this in and we can have one big discussion. So um, I think on episode one, someone asked, what qualities do Christian men look for in Christian women? Um, So what should a woman bring to the table? I think first and foremost, like a woman should, she should bring her generosity, right? Mm. Um, she should be, uh, kind and caring, but like generous. So like, if I'm like providing and protecting and I'm like building up this home, then she should bring, um, the tools to like, if I brought a house, she should bring a home. And so let Mm -hmm. me just backtrack. So I, you know, people always say, oh, like this person completes me or I'm incomplete without them. And I always just look at them like, shut up. You were you were born complete. God made you complete. Amen. Um, he Amen. Did, he did not create um, a partner for Eve because he thought, I'm sorry, he did not create Eve for Adam because he thought Adam was incomplete. He created Eve because he thought Adam was lonely. Companionship, y'all. So don't look mm. for somebody to complete you. Look for somebody to compliment you. Mm. And so um, I think a woman should... Again, bring her generosity, bring the best version of herself, bring a version that's going to make that's going to build you up and make you look good. Right. So I always say that when you treat a woman right, she will multiply everything in your life to tenfold. Right. So if you give a woman love, she gives you her heart. If you give her sperm, she gives you a child. (laughs) Whoa, that went bad. I mean, that's true though, right? It is. Um, so if you give her a house, she'll, she'll give you a home. Bring her groceries, she'll give you a meal. Amen. Like, mm. so a woman who is going to like support you and build you up, um, bring her a check. She'll bring you, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
like budgeting skills or something. Either way, she going she going to manage the finances. Like y'all, I'm learning right and now budget it in preparation. So, um, <laughs> she should and like be nurturing, like to the relationship, to the kids, to you. Um, overall, I think, and one of the biggest things men look forward to is like peace, like bring peace like men go through so much out in the world like they're being pulled different ways like their focus is i have to provide for this family so the last thing he wants to come home to is you nagging or you fussing or he didn't do this or you reminded him that he didn't do this um so i think like the biggest thing uh is peace like he's coming home to you for comfort because he is the one you are the one that he can confide in mm. I want to go back to this nurturing and gentleness and kindness thing for a second. Um, something that I've always said when I was looking for the qualities that I want in a man is not just, is he nice to me? Is he a nice person? Is he nice to his friends? Is he nice to his family? Is he nice to his mom? Like, how does he treat his mom? How does he treat people when he's angry? How does he treat people when he's tired? How does he treat people when he's hangry? Like, you know, I needed to really know and be confident in that. And I think it really speaks a lot for when you say that men look for a woman to be nurturing. It's like, okay, you might be nurturing to him, but are you nurturing with your nieces and your nephews? Are you nurturing with your friendships? Bumped them kids. <laughs> Just kidding. That was an insider. Um, and I think that's something that has really. <laughs> I think that's something that has really helped fine tune my nurturing skills. Is that a skill? Yeah. Qualities, characteristics. Um, is that I have a dog and I know it seems super superficial, but I think especially for those who know me, if you see how I treat and interact with my dog, you would think that he is a human child. Um, and it's really giving mom vibes all the time. And I got my dog when I lived out of state. I didn't have any family. I didn't have a lot of friends yet. Um, and it was really a time for me to learn how to be a homemaker. I mean, I was bringing the money, I was bringing the house, but I was also learning how to bring a home, learning how to bring peace to the space that I live in, reside in. When I come home, is there peace? So then when he would come over, he gets to experience, does she bring peace to her own household? Does she bring nurturing to her own child? Does she bring gentleness and generosity in her friendships? Um, and vice versa, you know, I see how he, I got to see how he would interact with his roommates at the time and his friends in school to say, oh, wow, he really went out of his way to make sure that his roommate had a very nice dinner for his second date, third date, third, third date with his now wife. But the way that he was willing to sacrifice what he wanted to do to help in his own friendships it's like okay if he's willing to do that in his friendships imagine what he's going to be willing to do in our relationship so you have to watch their interactions with other people but also remember that your partner is watching your interactions with other people too so it's not just we're nice to each other and then we're mean and horrible people to everybody else 
So just Unless uh, I don't like you. I'm joking. <laughs> sort of. She's not joking. Uh, but just to piggyback off that, yes, how they treat <laughs> other people is going to be a direct reflection on how they will eventually treat you. So, mm. ladies, uh, how he treats his mother is how he will treat you. It might not be at first, but y'all, we all wear many masks. Um, He's so gentle with his mom. And if you know my mom, you know that is a task on its own. <laughs> um. I have never heard this man complain about what his mom will ask him to do, what his mom puts him through. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. If my mom asks me to do that, I love you, mom. But she already knows. That'd be a daughter-mother relationship. Probably. Mother-sons are completely different. Probably. <laughs> um, but I know, like, that's another thing, like, you'll see on social media. And we're going to have a part two of this episode. Um, but it's... Oh, I don't want a friendly nigga, but it's like, that's not a cuss word, right? That's what they say. It's in direct quotes. Um, But it's like, um, okay, if he's not friendly to other people, then eventually he's not going to be friendly to you. So if you want a man who only, if you want a man who only treats you nice or only respects you, that is a facade and eventually it will break down and that energy is going to turn towards you. Because mm. anybody who's genuinely nice or genuinely kind extends that to everybody mm. that they meet. Mm. Why do y'all not want a man that is friendly? There's a lack of trust there. There's, that's a what's wrong with the dating pool. There's a lack of trust. There's a lot of insecurity. Um, and when we talk about the long distance relationship, we're going to get into that some more. Hmm. So I'm going to go, I'm going to f- continue with the qualities of a Christian woman, but we got to circle back to infidelity. Oh. Um, because that's where here? relationships be going wrong. Um, so, um, again, so men want peace, uh, respect. Do you carry yourself as a Christian woman? So that goes back to um, the generosity, the nurturing, the kindness. Um, I put, um, I mentioned submission, but I will say that if, you aren't married don't submit to a man but you can see if somebody has submissive qualities without them submitting to you right um and a lot of times you know we'll be like oh like i don't want her she doesn't submit or like black women they aren't submissive enough but fellas we got to give them something to submit to come on um so come on you know sometimes i feel like another analogy um, sometimes like I've been told I have a problem with authority. Um, and it's like, I don't have a problem with authority. I have a problem with stupid authority and I'm not going to follow you. If what you're saying is dumb, stupid, or inaccurate. Um, I don't care if you are my boss, if what you're saying is wrong, then I'm going to be resistant. Right? So if she is seeing you in a light, that's like, that's not somebody I want to follow, then she's not going to submit to you. So you got to give her something to submit to. Sub to the mission. Fellas, do you have a mission? Do you have a plan? Is there a sequence of events that leads to something? It doesn't have to lead to a million dollars, four houses, and six cars. It goes back to that security and that peace. Like, if she can't see Mm. that you can provide those things, then she's not going to submit to you. While she may be in love with you and love you, in the back of her mind, she's like, oh, no, I got to go out here and get these things. Mm. 
But if you show that you are that provider, she's going to be like, complete control. You got it. Go ahead. I sure am. <laughs> but I bi- sure am. <laughs> but biblically speaking, um, as men, we are supposed to lead our wives and family like to God. So we're supposed to be submitted to God. And they're supposed to submit to us. So if you're not submitted to the Lord, then she's not going to submit to you. And also, ladies, like I know so many ladies have like the part of submitting to your husband, like X out of their vows or won't repeat that part. But it's like you aren't going to get everything. You aren't going to get all the blessings of your marriage from God if you aren't following that submission part. So it's like submit to him as he submits to the Lord. And if you're not submitting to him, then you're not submitting to the Lord. But also submit to the Lord. Yes. Because he, when both of us are submitted to God, then I, I'm able to have the discernment necessary to be comfortable with also submitting to my husband. It's not submit to your husband only. Because the Bible also says submit to God and that's talking to everybody. So as a wife, I'm now submitting to God and my husband as a husband, he is fully submitted to God. So it's a double win. And then the last thing, what do men look for in a Christian woman? Proverbs 31. Y'all it'll, it lists it all out. Virtuous and capable. Verse number 10. And capable. You can be a virtuous woman, but if you don't have skills, if you don't have things that you're able to do, if you, like he said, don't know how to make a home, how to make a budget, I'm working on it. Um, You have to be, the Bible says that a virtuous woman is also capable. Got the next one? Oh, no, you got it. Oh, ladies, listen. Virtuous and capable. Okay. And capable. You can't just be virtuous and then not know how to do nothing and he got to do everything. If you don't know how to take out your trash, that's different than, that's different from I don't prefer to take out my trash. Okay. If you don't know how to do certain things, that's not capable. And it's okay if you don't know how, but are you willing to learn? Are you willing to figure out what do I have to do? Are you a go-getter? Which is later on in the verse. Um, trustworthy. Do you keep your word? Are you consistent? Um, verse 12 brings good, not harm all the days of his life. Hard worker prepares in advance, energetic, strong ladies get in the gym, stay in the gym. Um, helpful giving that's back to the generosity you were talking about. Ooh, this is my favorite one. Verse 22, well-dressed and well-kept. Knows how to enjoy life, is wise, is gentle and kind. He was pulling Proverbs 31 the whole time. Um, And verse 27, manages her household well. So that goes back to being able to make a home out of a house. Dang, I really am a pastor out here in these streets. <laughs> Babe, the um, bishop. <laughs> so that just reminded me one of the things that I would add, like, uh, what do, um, what should women bring to the table? I, I can't speak for all women, but I know for me, it's again a partner 
again, someone who compliments you, but a partner. So if I'm not at a hundred percent, she can make up for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, we, if, if the wheels fall off, we can both get out and push. Um, if you I'm have. sick, <laughs> oh my gosh. if I'm sick, like, okay, if I'm sick and I'm like, dying on the couch and I can't take out the trash she's like no problem I got it not saying that she like has to do that all the time but it's just like she can pick up where I'm lacking um and that's not an excuse to be lacking it's just like you're not always going to be 100 percent yourself so if I'm only uh 80 and she can cover the rest of the 20 percent then that makes for a good couple Mm. best partner thank you you are too Thank you. 10 out of 10. If you bring the food, we will bring the meal. Okay. I'm just always stuck on that. (laughs) Um, And I thought about that like years ago. Like I was in my pastor bag before I even went to Union. Wow. Um, So if you, to solidify your relationship, if you... Want to take care of the cheating factor. Um, A, look into your own insecurities because not him being friendly isn't necessarily cheating. Um, But also, like, find a man who doesn't want to cheat. And that goes back to finding a man with morals and values. Phew, y'all. Y'all. But y'all leave comments down below. Y'all let us know what you think. Again, send questions to absolutelymacaulay at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Cuffed in Corded. That's Cuffed, the letter in Corded. Um, yeah, we want to know. Keep the conversation going. Absolutely. And if there's any topics you want us to discuss, anything you want us to talk about, anything you want us to expand upon, if you disagree, anything, put it in a comment, shoot us an email. Your prayer requests. We're going to pray for y'all. All right. We're going to pray right now. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity to have such a robust conversation. God, we ask that what has been said will bless and benefit our listeners. God, that they would be able to find a way to manage their single season, also end up cuffed so that they can be courted. God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One thing I forgot to add, though, y'all, if you if you weren't like kingdom dating before, it is never too late. That is why Jesus died for our sins. Mm, it is never on. too late to get like back on track. Um, he is a loving God, a forgiving God, and he is the only one who extends the mercy that we all need because, you know, like we give mercy, but not to the extent of the Lord. So, you know, it's never too late to get out there and start kingdom dating. And if you're trying to figure it out, stay tuned. We got your back as much as we can from what we know. Amen. guys what's up thanks so much for listening to our podcast cuff and be sure to check us out next week for a new episode